Hello friends, my name is Rachel Harkins and you are listening to The More Podcast. Hello friends and welcome back to The More Podcast. Um, I'm here with my friend Hannah Brigman. Um, Y'all, this has been a long time in the making. We were just saying that I asked Hannah, I think four or five months ago, so long ago, ago to just be praying about testifying on more and um, and just really thankful that the Lord made us wait because we were just saying that we believe there's so much purpose in us recording today and what Hannah's going to get to talk about. I think um, it's just good. And I pray that y'all hang on till the end because I'm encouraged by her. (laughs) Um, And something that Hannah's going to get to be talking about is something that she's currently walking through. And we were just saying that um, we believe there's so much power, there's so much value in testifying while we're walking through something. Yeah. Because I think so often there's this stigma around sharing your testimony where you have to have conquered the thing mm-hmm. before you can speak of the Lord's faithfulness. But Hannah is sitting here today being like, okay, life is hard, but like I'm choosing to allow the Lord to carry me and I'm going to keep clinging on to him because life with Jesus is better. Um, so welcome, Hannah. I'm so glad you're here. Me and Hannah have been friends since freshman year of college, um, been such a constant friend and I'm just really thankful for her. But Hannah, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? How did you begin walking with Jesus? Tell us all the things. Yeah. All right. Um, so my name is Hannah. I am a senior at Texas A&M. Have known Rachel all of college, which has been quite literally one of the sweetest gifts, but, um, came to know Jesus through a mom who just loved the Lord and showed me what it looked like to be cared for and provided by him. Um, more tangibly, honestly, a lot of anxiety played a role in my testimony in the sense of I experienced my first really in-depth prayers when I was begging for the Lord to heal me from the thoughts in my head, um, got baptized soon after I was diagnosed with anxiety. And then, um, senior year of high school, walked through a lot of hurt that led me far from the Lord in the sense of, I know you're good. I know you exist. I want nothing to do with you because I have too much hurt to process right now. Um, and so came into college pretty dry, honestly, pretty like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to walk in with this Christian label, but I'm like really not doing much for that right now. And, um, college has just been a lot of understanding the depths of where the Lord exists in my soul and being cared for there. So yeah. Oh, so good. (laughs) And y'all, if you know, Hannah, you know, he is the most (laughs) joyful, the most radiant. I mean, being around someone like Hannah, like you quite literally feel like you're in the presence of Jesus. So I mean, like, I mean it, like I seriously mean it. If you were listening to this and you're like, yes, I'm friends with Hannah Brigman, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone needs a hand on their life. Um, Okay, so this series is called Testify, and I've loved asking um, the past three people we've had on this podcast, um, what does testify mean to you? Because I think it's cool that um, I think testify has one generic definition, but I think um, the Lord leads us all in different ways, and I think the act of testifying looks different for everyone. So how would you define testifying in your own life? Yeah. Um, When I think of the word testify, I think of acting upon that yearning to just share truth with whoever's in front of you. Um, Thinking of the way that we share the stories of the way that the Lord has redeemed things in our lives, things that we've dealt with. Um, Also more tangibly in college, I've gotten to see that testifying in court, okay? Knowing Mm -hmm. that people need justice in the most true form. And so anyone is going to be willing to say, hey, this is what I've seen, what I've witnessed, and here is where the ramifications of that exist. And so, yeah, testifying of the Mm -hmm. Lord is just acting upon that yearning to say, hey, this is truth. And this is something that everyone needs to hear and experience because Mm -hmm. how how can I hold on to this gift? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so cool because Hannah mentioned this, but she's had the privilege to actually like quite literally be in the courtroom and like getting to watch people actually testify and like what a cool picture that like that is the gospel. Like you get to see that like actually tangibly like lived out when you're in a courtroom, um, which is pretty 
Cool. Um, so today we have the privilege of talking about mental health and walking through anxiety and depression and just hard, the hard struggles of our minds, like while also being a believer and while also walking with Jesus. And we were just talking about this, but I feel like growing up in Christian homes and, um, just being in what Anna likes to call a Christian bubble, I think there's a huge stigma around what it looks like to seek out help and how to manage those thoughts and what to do with them. Um, and like I said before, um, Hannah's currently walking through that and, um, so cool because I had a conversation with her maybe like two weeks ago and we were talking about it and then received a text from her last (laughs) Wednesday of just like, holy, like Rachel, like God is doing crazy things. Like I am actively putting to death, like these lies that I've believed for so long. Um, so tell us about that. Like, tell us where you've been with that. Tell us where you're currently at with that. Um, tell us all the things, all the things. The floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Such fun things. Um, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I was diagnosed with anxiety as a sophomore in high school, went to the doctor thinking that I had an ulcer homegirl said, Hey, you're just anxious. And I said, Oh yeah, yeah. We love in that. Sure. <laughs> um, and honestly dealt with it in the fullest extent in high school, but it was pretty dormant all of college. It's been something that is definitely still there. Anxious moments are still real, but haven't had panic attacks really haven't dealt with the symptoms of anxiety in a long time. And recently this semester, just out of nowhere came panic attacks almost every single day, multiple times a day, nightmares, insomnia, things that I a, hadn't dealt with before, things that I didn't know to be true of anxiety and felt like they came out of nowhere in the most strong form that I could have encountered them in. And so in the midst of dealing with that, it was like, okay, I went home one weekend, went to a church and their sermon was about anxiety. And I was like, wow, this is so relevant. Like, thank goodness that I'm here. And it was the lilies don't need to worry, so why should you? The sparrows don't need to worry. And things that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm worried. <laughs> I am the worst person possible because this is something that I should just be able to pray away and I can't. And just left feeling honestly more guilty than anything else of like, how many prayers do I have to, like, what is my prayer count here to be healed? What is the idea here that I, like, what am I striving for that I'm not reaching? And why do I, like, why am I still crying myself to sleep? Because I'm terrified of what's about to happen. Um, And so the stigma there can honestly just be really harmful. I think the dialogue of mental health in the church is one that is neglecting and a lot of information of things that I've been wrestling with too, of like the physicality of mental health seems as if it's so disconnected from spirituality as a whole. We can't necessarily just cover the like, okay, it's just spiritual warfare, pray away the devil. Mm -hmm. We can't also just say, oh, it's just your brain imbalance. Like there are chemicals in your brain that are just firing in the wrong direction, whatever that means. I think there's a bridge. I think there's a way to approach it in both senses of, hey, my brain is doing something funky, but my God is in control of it. And recognizing that bridge there, I think, is something that I just actively am trying to figure out um, and in the thick of. But yeah, the stigma is harmful and one that I like could talk about for forever mm-hmm. um, and want to act, play an active role in just getting rid of it. Entirely. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So like here's when we say like if you are anxious, if you are depressed, if you are struggling with spiraling thoughts or sleepless nights, like that does not mean you love yeah. or trust God any mm-hmm. less than the person next to you. Right. Um, because I think, like you said, like right. that is such a stigma. And I think so much guilt and so much shame. I know that's a big part of my story too. Like when I walked through, um, and I'm currently walking through an anxiety disorder, but when I was in the thick of it last year, like mm-hmm. I pushed off getting help for so long because I convinced myself like, oh, I'm not being a good enough Christian. Mm-hmm. And like in reality, like I feel like that is where the enemy has such a foothold on like he can right. take something that the Lord can use for good yeah. and like wiggle in shame or wiggle in mm-hmm. guilt because he is just 
like that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, okay. So you told me when you texted me last week that you were actively putting to death lies. Yeah. I mean, praise God. I got that text and <laughs> actually was cheery. I was like, oh, like only a holy God. Yes. Um, but when you say lies, like what are lies that you're yeah. like, okay, have been put to death. What are lies yeah. you're currently like trying to put to death? But Rachel, this is hard. Like yeah. I'm wrestling with the Lord in this. Um, tell us a little bit more about yeah. that. Um, so again, came out of nowhere, really no circumstantial, like, oh, yes, it makes so sense for me to be this anxious right now. Um, and in the form of nightmares, like if you go to sleep at the end of a long day and you just want to be safe mm-hmm. and you want to get some rest. And, um, when I would wake up and have panic attacks because of what I dreamt of, I felt as though the Lord was treating me as if I was a pawn on his chessboard that like subconsciously night after night, panic attack after panic attack it became a lot less of the Lord Jesus, my comforter, and a lot more of the Lord Jesus, my puppet master, who has to hate me right now. Mm-hmm. If he is sovereign over my mind and my being, I why am I in a prison? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the questions that I asked in the midst of that, well, I felt like I was almost alone in the dark with the devil alone. You know, like mm-hmm. Jesus had been locked out of this room. Here I was fighting a battle that I had no control over. Um, I just didn't understand how, how God is sovereign over my being but not protecting me of my thoughts. I didn't understand verses like Psalm 4, 8, which say, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you, alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I literally have recited that probably a hundred <laughs> times in the past three months, wanting to believe it so strongly and never knowing if it's going to prove true at night or not. Um, I just, I didn't understand, okay, if this sovereign caregiver is who I'm trusting, then where is he in these moments? Mm-hmm. If my sovereign caregiver is protecting me while I sleep, as it says in Psalm 4, then why am I waking up in the middle of the night almost every single night? Why does it take me hours to fall asleep? Because I can't prevent my mind from spinning. Um, questions that I just know, yes, here are these truths in scripture. This truth is Psalm 48. I believe it. I cling to it. It just feels so hard to trust right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been asking the question of what is the purpose in all of this? You know, in the very thick of it too, before you asked me to do this and I had to quite literally dig for the truth and the purpose in this journey. <laughs> Um, didn't understand, hey, why am I dealing with this war in my mind that I can't even articulate to the people around me? And why are they suffering because of that too? I I told you this when we were on our walk, but the question, what is the purpose in this suffering is not one that I'm prone to. There are a million other questions that come before that one. And this one was just one of those things that I was like, I don't get it. My image of you, Lord, is being distorted to the max. I feel like a horrible friend and have been a horrible friend in the sense of, I don't even know how to read the room anymore. I just come home anxious and can't answer a question and want to hide in my room and just have shut myself off to almost everyone that I love. And I'm just sitting here like, I don't get it. Who's benefiting from this? Mm -hmm. I'm tainting your image. I'm being a bad friend. I feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't understand. Um, And a lot of what that has been is like, God, I've I'm so close to you in prayer right now. I have let you into so many thoughts that I've hidden you from for a long time. And if the only purpose in all of this is for someone on the opposite end of this microphone to say, wow, I didn't know anyone felt like this, Mm. then this would be enough for me. Truly. Truly. Oh, so so good. Gosh. Um, And I think that's so cool. Like me and Hannah have been praying over this Mm -hmm. episode. And I think each of you, even if you're like, I've never met you guys. Like, I don't even know who you are. Maybe you're our best friends. Like, you've been prayed over. And, like, regardless of what is racing through your mind right now, like, I think that is so true. Like, if this is the only purpose, like, then yeah. praise God. Like, praise God. Like, it says in Romans 8, 28, like, he works all things together for good. And, like, if that is the good, then, like, let that be enough. And, like, that should be enough. 
Um, so like amidst those lies, like putting them to death, what, what is truth that you're like, okay, like Mm -hmm. really trying to believe this right now? Like, what is that truth for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, said it so many times now, but Psalm 40, in Mm -hmm. peace I will lie down in safety for you alone, Lord, make me dwell, or in peace I will lie down in sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Just recognizing the fact that, um, I had a really, really cool conversation with a friend, which highlighted on um, Psalm 103, which says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And I was explaining to a friend the things I was feeling, feeling like I was being played <laughs> by a God who I believed loved me and still believe loves me. Um, and she just reminded me that any good father who loves his children, if a child runs up to him and says, I'm tired, I'm tired, I need to sleep, I need to rest, I'm scared to sleep, I'm scared to rest, his response will not be, come on, pick up the pace, like, let's go, you need to figure things out. His response is, come sit in my lap and sleep. Let me hold you and let me nurture you and let me, like, rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so rewiring my brain to believe, yes, you have never left me. You have never abandoned me. When I wake up having a panic attack because of the nightmare I just had, you weren't gone. You were comforting me in those moments. You were awake with me when the whole world was sleeping. Um, And so rewiring that brain of like, hey, God, you are never, like I am never alone in this. You have never left me. You have never, you are the father that I believe you to be and these lies that I'm believing. I didn't even know that they seemed so ridiculous until I voiced them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was just a really, really sweet space to be in of a friend saying, hey, remember who your good father is and remember mm-hmm. what a good father does. Mm-hmm. And the truth of Psalm 103 that says, good father has compassion. Mm-hmm. He's never asking us to figure it all out. He's never demanding of us, hey, you need to figure out this war in your mind because something's not right. You know, pick it up. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really, really sweet truth to like just sit in and wrestle with and figure out, okay, hey, I want to believe this. I've never had to fight for truth more in my life. Mm-hmm. Having struggled a lot with doubt too, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is kind of a bold statement on my end of, I've just been wrestling with the scripture a lot, but this is like, I am fighting for this to be written on the forefront of my mind right now. I am fighting to believe this when I go to sleep. I'm fighting to believe this when I wake up. I'm fighting to believe that I'm cared for in the ways that I think that I was and still am. Um, There are just so many lies that I'm believing. And um, yeah, there is another thing too. Just a lot of friends have mentioned Psalm 23, which is one that I feel like maybe for a lot of members in this audience is Okay, yeah, I've heard that a thousand times. Like, uh, you know, don't tune out yet. I promise. <laughs> I was in the same boat. Someone mentions that in conversation. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I could recite that to you probably off the top of my head. Um, but talking about feeling just in a place of, okay, the God that I know and love, I'm upon on his chessboard right now. I don't know for what reason, but I'm I'm feeling a little bit to be so dramatic like Job. <laughs> like to be the most dramatic possible. I just felt like I was played for no good purpose. And um, a book that I'm reading with a really, really good friend talks about the Lord as our shepherd and what it means to be under his care and what shepherds do practically to prevent their sheep from suffering. Um, and so this is this is long, spare with me, but it has never, ever resonated with me more. Um, in this book, she talks about the sheep and the shepherd. And she says, sheep can suffer greatly because of the nose fly. It's a fly that seeks to just dis- deposit its eggs on the mucous membranes of the sheep's nose and they hatch into small worm-like larvae that eventually work their way up into the nose into the sheep's mind as these larvae larvae (laughs) something like that something like that burrow into the sheep's flesh they cause a tremendous irritation which in turn causes the sheep to thrash and beat its head against anything it can find 
a sheep can become so driven to distraction by the irritation that it will actually kill itself in a desperate attempt to get rid of the source of aggravation. As I learned this truth, I could not help but think of how men and women can be tormented by thoughts that burrow their way into the flesh. The eggs of torment are laid by the enemy and hatch into repulsive, destructive worms that work their way into their heads. Thoughts of fear, rejection, bitterness, hatred, failure, incompetency, sensuality, and greed plague God's sheep, tormenting them, even driving some to suicide. But is this to be the fate of God's sheep? Certainly not. Just as there is an oil the shepherd can prepare to protect the sheep from nose flies and their destructive work, so our shepherd has a way to keep his sheep from such torment. That is so dense. But in summary, there is we are cared for by a shepherd who wants the best for us. We are cared for by a shepherd who has access to healing, and we almost cannot find it apart from him. And in no sense, I think, in trying to balance the whole, yes, this is my brain. Yes, this is a war that I can fight in faith. I neglected uh, which route do I choose? Do I do I take medicine and hope for the best? Do I say as many prayers as I can possibly pray and hope for the best? I realized God has access to healing. There are so many resources. There are so many people, vessels like my friend Rachel, who can point me to truth. And it doesn't have to be some separate battle. There's no right answer. God is sovereign over all of our mm-hmm. lives. And to recognize like you would have the anointing oil to prevent my brain from all of these things and that in the midst of all of these thoughts, you are here putting it over my mm-hmm. forehead. You're here protecting me from all of these lies. You're here protecting me from the enemy. And who am I to deny that? Mm-hmm. Who am I to doubt that? Um, so yes, these oh, are truths that so I'm good, Hannah. fighting for and believing. That is so good. And I think I'm just so encouraged Like when you tell, tell about the anointing oil. I think for you, it has been clinging to scripture. And mm-hmm. I think that is the like the way of walking with Jesus is so beautiful, but so hard at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think I just admire your faithfulness and just like, even if you're not believing it, you're still clinging to it. And I think that's the beautifully hard part about walking with Jesus is like, mm-hmm. we're not always going to get it. We're not always going to get answers, yeah. but like, praise God that like, he is someone that is just invites us to cling on to him because the more we cling on, like day after yeah. day after day, we're going to start to understand a little bit more yeah. and a little bit more. And like, even hearing you talk about it now, I'm just like, wow, like the experience, like the growth you've experienced, even like in the past week and a half since we went on that walk, like, (laughs) isn't that so cool? Because you've chosen to hold on and like, you've chosen to be like, okay, I'm not believing this truth, but like, I know that the Lord has been a good shepherd for me in the past. Like I can remember that. And like, that's who he's going to be moving forward. Mm -hmm. So like that is what you're choosing to cling to. And like, that is powerful. And that is oil that is going to anoint thoughts that are spiraling and crazy and messy and not fun. Um, but I love that. What's that book called? Just so is, people can yes, know. This is Lord. I want to know you by Kate Arthur. It is mm. such a good read dives into all of the different names of the Lord in scripture and has just been so helpful in redefining. Hey, I do not see the Lord who sees me. Elroy. I don't, I don't see him there. And reading about all of the facets of the Lord who sees is mm-hmm. so, so rich. Um, there's also just so many passages in scripture that I feel like get distorted almost in the talk of anxiety of Matthew 6, the sparrows and the lilies. Mm -hmm. What that says is consider the way that they are cared for, not become a sparrow who is careless. Mm -hmm. There are things that I'm like, wow, this, the way that this passage was described to me is so different than it actually is. I think of passages too, like second Corinthians 10 of Take every thought captive, obedient to Christ. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I, I've been trying. Someone give me an instruction best. manual on how to take <laughs> like, every thought I captive. Need every instruction possible in that realm because I'm trying my very best and it's not working. And so, 
I think of scriptures like that and pray prayers like what we see in Mark 9 of, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Like, I want to understand this. I see this. I want to know it to be true. And I do. But tangibly, it is so hard for me to hold on to it right now. Tangibly, I feel like my physical body is doing everything that it can to refute this truth. And that seems unfair. (laughs) Everything about it seems a little bit unfair to me. Um, But it has provided me with the most intentional grasp of scripture of Mm. I'm going to cling to this as if my life depends on it because right now it feels as though my safety does Mm. which is it's just been very sweet I feel feel very cared for and I'm still very much Mm -hmm. in the thick of it like we mentioned and and fighting new lies it feels like every other day but it has been really really sweet to watch them be refuted by Mm -hmm. friends and family and scripture and so many different people in my life it's just been good and don't you think that's exactly where the lord wants us like Mm -hmm. he wants us in a place where we're like i've been brought to the Mm -hmm. absolute end of myself like there's no person there's no one that can help me on this earth Mm -hmm. so like jesus you are the only one and like i think in some ways our god rejoices over that because he's like this is where i've wanted you all along like i want you in a place of utter dependency of like i can't do this alone and like i think it's crazy because I think when we look at something like anxiety, our world is so quick to be like, mm-hmm. okay, let's fix it. Like let's yeah. heal it and move on with our yeah. lives. When I feel like God wants us broken mm-hmm. and like that is a hard pill to swallow. That is a hard reality yeah. to come to because it hurts to be broken and mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to be broken. Um, something I've really come to is Second Corinthians chapter four, which mm-hmm. talks about how we are broken jars of clay mm-hmm. and it doesn't say we're put together beautiful, perfect, right. like vases of clay that just come before <laughs> God and are just like, yeah. exactly like doing exactly what he calls us to do. I mean, we come to him and we're cracked and we're broken and we've been dropped and we've been battered and we've been bruised. But I think that is, I mean, as cheesy as it sounds like, like can't shine through things that are broken. And like, I truly believe that like mm-hmm. our God looks at us and he's like in our brokenness, he still looks at us and he's mm-hmm. like, you're my daughter, you're loved mm-hmm. and I'm pleased. And like mm-hmm. your brokenness is exactly where I want you because that's where I can use you the most. Mm-hmm. And like, even getting to look at someone like Hannah who can be like, I'm feeling pretty dang broken right now. I mean, gosh, the Lord is using you. And like, he's using you through this. He's using you in just conversations you have every day with people. And like, I am just like, I mean, in such a place of confidence right now of like, he really does use us when we are struggling the most and when we are at the end of ourselves, because he's quite literally doing that with you. And I'm looking at a tangible living, breathing example of that. So Praise God for that. Um, But we just wanted to give y'all some encouragement of like what has helped us in this. I think, um, like we said earlier, like in Christian culture, culture, it's so quick to be like, okay, pray over it. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, like be a better Christian, read your Bible more, and then your anxiety will go away. But I think Mm -hmm. our Lord is so kind. Our Lord is so gracious to give us things on earth that can help us like find healing and can point us to the ultimate helper and the ultimate counselor. Um, So Hannah, take us away. What are things that are currently helping you? Things that you're Mm -hmm. on track to like seeking Mm -hmm. out? I mean, take us away in that. I laugh when you ask me that because (laughs) you have been the one friend that has been begging me to be in counseling for over a year, (laughs) which makes me laugh because I'm like, man, I really wish I would listen to you soon. But when this kind of, just heightened the, my experience with anxiety, you know, like went from nothing to something so, so quick. I had nothing to grasp. Couldn't even remember how I really dealt with this in high school. I was like, man, how did I, what did I do? How does this work? I forgot. Um, I reached out to trusted friends and mentors explaining, Hey, I, I no longer feel safe here. I don't know what to do. My mind is a prison. Help me. Like, what do I do? I'm so desperate. I've never been more weary. 
I feel so isolated and helpless. And they just were willing, A, to sit down and refute lies with me from the get-go of like, explain to me what you're feeling. There's no judgment here. You're safe. Explain this to me. Um, Which if you haven't done that yet with friends, I guarantee you it is one of the most freeing things you could do to say, hey, this is what I'm daring to think right now and I have no control over it, but I just need to get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is brave too. I so think brave. it can be so easy to be like, oh, like confess, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. speak out your darkness, like walk into the light. Mm-hmm. But like, that is a scary, uncomfortable mm-hmm. thing to do. We've both done it. Yeah. We probably are still in places mm-hmm. where we need to be better at it. I think yeah. we can always grow in that sure. area. But like, if you make the decision to do that, like you are brave, mm-hmm. you're courageous. Like the Lord is like, pleased mm-hmm. when we bring our things to the light because yeah. that is where our Lord is. Like yeah. he is the God of light and like mm-hmm. he resides there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. So much freedom in that. And um, trusted friends and family members as well. We're just willing to say, Hey, counseling is a resource and I want it to be available to you. And honestly, at first, like the minute I confessed these thoughts and this struggle, counseling was offered to me on a silver platter. I had family friends and all of these people willing to say, Hey, we'll pay for it. And I was like, what? No, no way. Don't do that. Um, But now that I'm in it, it's like, okay, this was something that at first, as much as I was willing to say, oh, I recognize it's not going to heal me, but it's needed right now. I walked into my first section, expect like just with the expectation of I'm going to be healed the minute I leave this building. 50 minutes from now, I'll never have a nightmare again. (laughs) I will never be anxious again. And what a sweet process to recognize that counseling too is some form of refinement that we see in the Lord so often of, hey, this is this is a fire, one. And two, it's not going away anytime soon. It's, it takes a lot to polish what we're dealing with here. And um, a really, really sweet resource that I think almost anyone that I look in the face now, I'm like, have you gone to counseling? You should really try. <laughs> I mean, this is a really awesome thing. It's actually. a gift that I think everyone should try. <laughs> it's it a really incredible gift, one that is not a means of salvation or complete healing at all, but to sit in front of someone who A, recognizes chemically what's happening inside of your brain and two, believes the same truth that you do to say, hey, this is the lie that you haven't quite voiced yet, but this is where you're headed. And I think you need to look at this passage in scripture. It has been the sweetest gift to me to sit in front of someone who actively understands that bridge of like, this is a real physical thing. You can't deny that, but we have a real tangible God and you can't deny that either. And so that has been the coolest, sweetest gift, one that I'm undeserving of. I'm just really thankful for. And alongside that, just the memorization of scripture, like I'm daring to remember these truths more than I'm daring to remember my nightmares and conversations that I've had with friends that somehow keep me spinning at three in the morning. And these things that could so easily exist at the forefront of my mind, I'm choosing to replace them with what I know to be true. And both of those tools alongside just really gracious, kind friends has been the greatest, greatest weapons used in this battle. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that I'm still trying to figure out how to use for sure. And, um, and am actively using those as well, but I have felt unbelievably cared for as I have also felt unbelievably weak. Mm-hmm. And praise God that you're on the path to healing. And I think something we do have to acknowledge is I think, um, this is not a battle. This is not healing that we're going to fully experience on the side of heaven. I think yeah. we have to accept the fact that our world is broken. Our world is mm-hmm. sinful, anxiety, depression, mental illness. That is a result of fall. And mm-hmm. I think we 
how do I put this? I think coming to the acceptance of like, okay, if I'm not going to be fully healed mm-hmm. till heaven, like how do I live in the in-between? Right. And I think it's what you said. Like it's mm-hmm. finding people, it's finding resources mm-hmm. who admit like, okay, I can't fix you. I can't mm-hmm. be your ultimate counselor, but I'm going to point you to the one who can. Yeah. And I think if you're like, okay, like I don't know what friend to go to. I don't know what counselor mm-hmm. to go to. Like ask them that question. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, are they living and like founding like – what they're telling me upon the truth of like, okay, I can't be the one who heals you in this, but like, okay, but we have Jesus. Like we have that hope. Um, I think that is so crucial and so important. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So good. I'm, I'm so grateful for the gifts that have been a result of this season. And I'm honestly just the biggest advocate of counseling and voicing truths when you dare to question them, when you dare to say, I don't understand this. When you look at verses like what you see in Matthew 6 and 2 Corinthians 10, you say, I literally don't know how to do that. Voice it 100 times over until you figure out how. You Mm. voice it 100 times over until the Lord reveals that to you of, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. And yeah, these are just great gifts, great resources ones that I'm undeserving of, but I'm actively being healed by. Mm, And I'm so encouraged by you. You're (laughs) such a good one. You are such a good one. And I think what you've talked about today is such a testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, which is Mm -hmm. Paul talking about power being made perfect in weakness. And I think you have come to this today being like, wait, like I'm weak. Like I remember you even telling me like, who am I to do this? Like I'm struggling with this right now. But I think that is the key to testifying is like when we're at our weakest, he's at his strongest. And like, I think every word you've said today points to that. And I'm thankful that you are such a clear representation of like walking with Jesus is so beautiful, but it's so hard all at the same time. And we don't want to say like, okay, walk with Jesus and all your problems are going to be healed because that's not true. But we say walk with Jesus because it's going to be worth it. And he is better than anything this world could possibly ever offer us. That's so good. So good. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for doing this episode with me today. I know I'm encouraged. And I was just telling Hannah, I mean, the Holy Spirit was quite literally just flowing out of you. I mean, have never been more confident of like, wow, like the Lord just completely took control of all of your words. And that just shows your attitude of surrender and your posture of just open hands. Like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing here, but like, Lord, you do like Jesus take the wheel and um, just hope and pray that y'all are encouraged. But I asked Hannah to pray over all the hearts, all the minds, all the thoughts um, that are listening to this episode, whether you are a college student, whether you are a middle schooler, whether you are a young mom or an older person, um, this is for you. And we are praying for you. We are rooting for you. um, And we ultimately just hope that this spurs you on to seek help and recognize that you are not alone in this. Um, You were not created to fight this alone. And I think um, we're about to celebrate Easter and we're about to celebrate Jesus's death and resurrection. And someone told me this once and it stuck with me, but because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of how he defeated death and defeated sin, we do not fight the battles of this world um, for victory. We fight from victory. So know that whatever mental health battle you're going through right now, Yes, it's hard. Yes, it sucks. But like we fight from victory because Jesus has already won that victory on the cross. So y'all are awesome. Hannah, would you like to pray for us? I'd love to. Thank you. Um, Jesus, I just lift up the name of every burdensome heart right now. God, I lift up every heavy mind, heavy heart. God, the people who are falling asleep, just scared for what's coming. God, the people who don't understand the war that they're fighting in their minds and don't have the community to voice it to. God, I just pray that we would recognize you as our shepherd, God, as one who cares to hold us, to nurture us, to 
just provide for us in ways that we would have never expected. God, I pray that we would be held. I pray verses like Psalm 48, which say, in peace, we will lie down and sleep. God, because you care for us and we dwell in safety, Lord, I pray that that safety would be felt. I pray that it would be real to us, God. I pray that the enemy would have no hold over our minds, um, that lies would be voiced and demolished as soon as they are, Jesus, because in light of your truth, they cannot exist. Jesus, I just thank you for friends like Rachel and for the people on the other side of this podcast who I pray feel known right now. Um, who I pray leave this with confidence to ask questions, to voice hurts, to voice complaints, God, um, misunderstandings of who you are in light of what they're facing. Um, I just pray that this confidence would be real, God, and that these thoughts would never have um, just a hold over us if they weren't meant to. Jesus, I thank you for all that I am learning in the midst of this. I thank you for all that Rachel is learning and all that the people on the other side of this are learning as well. And just pray that on the other side of this struggle, all of this sorrow would be glory at some point tomorrow, God, that um, these gifts would just be seen as such, Lord, that we would leave with a more full understanding of who you are and what you're doing. We love you and praise you for who you are in the midst of sorrow and just frustration, Jesus. Um, And we just praise you. Amen.